All right, so if you have not been here with us, we're in this series. We're closing this series today. It has been called Spring Cleaning. How many of y'all about ready to be done with spring cleaning? I'm going to be honest, me too. I'm ready. Talking about all the demons and all the different things, I'm ready to be done. Like, let's move to something that's encouraging, amen? And so we're, we're, let me, if you haven't been with us, let me catch you up to where we are right now. So we're in this series, closing it out today, spring cleaning. Week number one, I talked about being under the influence. And so many people do not believe that you can be under the influence or be in bondage to demonic forces or to evil spirits, but that's not actually accurate. See, as I become a believer, I get free. But what happens is, anybody ever tempted to sin? Okay, thank you. This is my church right here. And so what happens is when we make mistakes, we open up doors for the enemy to creep inside of our life and come in. And what happens is if we're not careful and we don't go back and slam those doors and shut those doors on the enemy, what happens is the more bondage that we have in our lives. That was week number one. We are under the influence and it's time to release those things that we've been under the influence of. Anybody ready? Okay, week number two. You'll remember we opened the refrigerator and we saw all of the enemies of the fridge and it was nasty. And then we talked about the enemy in our life. We talked about demonic forces. I gave you some resources of evil spirits, the spirit of, of, of poverty and the spirit of pride and the spirit of bondage and just all the different Jezebel, all the different spirits that we looked at and how we can tell those things manifesting in our life, how we bind those things and how we loose the, the things of the Holy Spirit in our life. That was week number two. We, we, we're understanding our enemy because if we don't understand our enemy, we can't fight against our enemy. Amen. So we're, we're understanding that he's really good at deception, at temptation, at influence and control when we open up a door to him. Week number three, last week, my wife spoke a phenomenal message. Amen. Come on, give it up for her. My wife talked to us last week about healing. Anybody believe we serve a God that heals? Let me ask you this. How many of you were blessed by that message last week? Amen. Listen, we serve a God that heals. He didn't just heal with Jesus and the disciples. He's still in the healing business today. And so we talked about that and we prayed for healing and we watched God do some incredible things last week. So this week, we, we've, we've, we've used this refrigerator, the whole message. Week one, we identified how the enemy has been influencing the refrigerator. Y'all remember that? Week number two, we decided it's time to get the enemy out of the refrigerator. So we took all the nat, the bananas and the milk and the mold, and we got it out. Last week, my wife preached about how the, the, the things that were in there, the enemy that had this refrigerator under the influence, it left things in there that needed to be clean. And so she was talking about healing. Sometimes there's bitterness that's left inside of us. The enemy gets out, but there's bitterness that's left in. And there's, 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 there's these things that are left inside of us that if we don't clean them out then when we begin to fill ourselves with the right thing, those things still have influence in our lives. And so last week, Christy cl uh, cleaned. Well, she didn't clean. She made me clean it this week. But she was supposed to clean out the refrigerator while she was preaching last week. So I didn't have to do it this week. But that's, that's what we've been talking about with the refrigerator today. Everybody say today. today. We're closing this baby today. And here's what we're talking about. We're talking about making sure that it's clean. So sometimes when we do a deep inspection of our life, and we say the prayers that David prayed, Lord, reveal the things in me that should not be there. Anybody ever pray that prayer? You talk about dangerous prayers now. That's a dangerous prayer. We're praying that today, y'all. Go ahead and pray it right now. I'm just kidding. 
reveal inside. So, so today we're going to do a deep cleanse, make sure that it got clean right. And then we're going to start filling the fridge with things that the fridge needs inside of it that aren't going to be harmful. The, the memory verse, which is, this is what I've been praying for the last four weeks over our church. Mark 4.22, it says, for everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open and every secret will be brought to the light. I've been praying, God, reveal. Listen, here's how deliverance happens. Today, our topic is deliverance. Here's how deliverance happens. Deliverance happens when the enemy is exposed in our life and we have the boldness to confess and repent the enemy out of our life and move on. That's the only way that you get deliverance. You don't get deliverance if you don't have it revealed to you. You don't get deliverance if you're hiding it somewhere. You get deliverance when the enemy is exposed and then we have the boldness to say, I got a problem and I need to give it to Jesus. So that's what we're dealing with today. And I would like to just take a minute real quick and pray over our time. Would you, would you just bow your heads and close? As a matter of fact, stand with me. And I want you to pray this prayer because this is what I've been praying. Would you pray this prayer? It's a dangerous prayer. Lord, as we're walking through this service, would you reveal areas in my life that need to be cleansed? Yes, Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. God, I just pray for every single person in this room. I pray that you would use my words this morning. I pray that my words would be of you, Holy Spirit, speak through me. That it's not Josh, that I don't walk according to the flesh, but God, that I walk according to the Spirit, speak according to the Spirit. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would show us places where the enemy has us in bondage, that you would show us, maybe we thought that we were clean, but bring out those areas that are deep, Lord, today. I love you and thank you and praise you in your precious name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. You can be seated. All right, y'all, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do an inspection of the... Isn't this much cleaner than it was? Yes. So we're going to do an inspection really quickly of the, the fridge and make sure that it is ready for stuff to, to, uh, to come back in it. So if we, if we look back in the back, that got cleaned really well. Y'all can tell that back here, all of that got wiped. Nice. Somebody say nice job. Nice job. All right, let's check the next one. Oh. Y'all, I want, I want you to notice something. When this is pushed in, you can't see that that back area back there needs to be clean. But when you pull it out, look at that. Somebody did a lazy job cleaning this. So we're going we're gonna to have to clean it real quick. Let me get rid of this. Get some Lysol. Get a little, little arm power going. All right. Now everybody say, now it's clean. All right. If you look back there, you can see all of that got cleaned really nicely. Let's keep going. See, the thing is, is we got to make sure before we put stuff into the fridge that it is actually clean and ready to go. You can see all of that got wiped really nicely. Oh, look at this. This is laziness right here. Somebody say laziness. If, if you look at this, look at this. So you can tell this one got wiped. This one got wiped. And somebody just decided, well, I'm going to be lazy, and I'm not going to wipe that area, so we're going to go ahead and go spray some Lysol. And then let me show you something. Okay, now, now it ain't lazy cleaning no more. It's real cleaning right now. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. All right, now I want you to stay with me real quick, because this is important. So many times in our lives, what happens is everything looks clean. It looks like we did a good job cleaning. But when God begins to pull out some, some drawers 
in our life. And we begin to do some digging. What happens is God exposes areas. And David talked about this in men's breakfast this morning. It's so good. God exposes areas that we had no idea. If I knew that it was there, I'd have got rid of it. But I didn't know that it was there. That is what today is about. Last week, we got a good cleaning. The week before, we've been cleaning. We've been doing some spring cleaning. Today, we're doing a deep cleanse so that whenever we start to put the things back into our life that need to be in our life, we're ready. And those dark things that are hidden, they don't affect us anymore. So sometimes in our life, we do a lazy cleanse. Like we, we, we halfway clean. I, I really like this, this thing, so I want to hold on to it. Or... This sin, you know, this sin's big, so I'm going to get rid of that one. But this one nobody really knows about. So I'm just, I'm going to lock this one up somewhere deep. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so that's what we're digging into. Y'all quiet today. That's what we're digging into this morning. Sometimes, y'all, it's, can, can I be real with you? Sometimes it's hard to let go of things in our lives. Let me give you a few examples. I want to give you three things that it's really hard to let go of. Number one, it's hard to let go of sin. It's fun. Anybody? That's just me? Lots of sin is fun. And it's bad for my life. And so what happens is I get saved. I come to Jesus. I'm loving on him. And I'm like, man, I got to get this out of my life. And I got to get this out of my life. And I got to get this out of my life. But God ain't really dealing with that yet. What you talking about? I ain't dealing with it. I'm bringing it up right now. That's why you're thinking about it. Now you ain't dealing with that yet. And so I'm, 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 I'm holding on to that one. Sin, so many times, is hard to get rid of. Is it just me? Thank you. Y'all, we people, I'm made of flesh, and my flesh wants me to sin. And my spirit says no, but my flesh says yes. And so there's this battle that goes on, and it's hard. Number two, something that is really hard for us to break off of our life. Number two is generational curses. Now, I'm going to go a little bit deeper. Now, now for you really hyper-spiritual people, I'm going to go kind of a different route with generational curses. Okay, here we go. Lots of people don't believe in generational curses. And I don't understand that because it's biblical. Let me show you what it looks like, generational curses. Here we go. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 5. So I'm going to read the second part to that. Um, If you look on the end of line 2 up here, the, oh no, line three, I lay, where it says I lay. It says, I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even the children in the third and fourth generation and those who reject me. Okay, so what he's saying to Israel is, if you turn away from me and you worship idols, if you turn away from me and you worship other gods, then what's, what's going to happen is it is going to affect generations behind you because of your stupidity. And, and so many times, people today don't believe in generational curses. Now, I want to give some clarity, okay? I do not believe that I am judged by the sins of my parents. Some people believe that, like, oh, you got generational curse, you got to... I don't believe that I am judged by the sin of my parents. I do believe that I am influenced and that I am affected by the sins of my parents. I am not judged. They, I, only I can be judged by what I do. But I can be influenced and affected. And what happens is when we have people that are running away from God, the generations that are under them are influenced and they're affected by their negativity and by, and by what they're doing. Now, let's, let's, let's take, hey, y'all, let's take drugs and alcohol, for example. Drugs and alcohol. Anybody ever deal with drugs or alcohol? Yeah. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus, that I'm not no more. 
Now listen to me. What's, what's a generational curse look like in our life? What does it look like? Here's what it looks like. Did you know the statistics show me that if I deal with generation, with, 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 with alcohol and substance abuse, when I have kids that come up in my home, if I am still dealing with alcohol, if I'm an alcoholic or I'm dealing with substance abuse, my child is three times more likely than any other child to deal with that. Believe me, that is a curse on your family. And you can do that with anything, sexual sin, pornography, I mean, my anger issues, your anger, whatever you, listen, there are things that are passed down. Here's what a generational curse is. Y'all ready? A generational curse is a habit or a behavior that has been passed from one generation to the next generation. Here's what happens. Somebody in the family, somebody in the family opened the door for the enemy to creep into that family. And listen to me, if the door stays open with Josh, it's still open with my kids. That influence, that control, and if it doesn't get shut with my kids, it's still open with their kids. Somebody has got to get the boldness to slam the door and say, no longer in my family is that going to happen. Listen, it is dumb for me to think that I can't receive curses coming down from my kids. Now, curses is a weird word there, but that's what it is. And and, and let me dig into this, okay? I look, I inherited my looks from my father. His head's bigger than mine, but the rest of us. (laughs) Oh, dang, he just walked in. I love you, Dad. I, I inherited my looks. For, <laughs> now stay with me, stay with me. I inherited my brains from my mother. Hey, I inherited the fact that I ain't got no hair from my mom's side. Because that's what we do. Dang. I wish your daddy could have had hair. Listen, now stay with me. I inherited some anger issues from my dad's side. Now, now let me share. Let me show you what that looks like. That doesn't mean I was, I was cursed. I, I am, I'm born that I have to have anger because he dealt with anger or his dad dealt with anger. Here's what happens, okay? So when my dad was growing up, he was under the influence of this anger. He watched Papa. They would get angry. And what happens when you get angry? You go nuts, <laughs> Right? And so as I was growing up, sometimes it hadn't happened in a really long time. And y'all, it's like, it's like when you become a grandparent, that just leaps off of you. Like you can't be angry no more. I'm like, come on, treat them like you treated me some. <laughs> but when I was growing up, sometimes my dad would take what he learned from his father. And when he would get angry, sometimes he would go nuts. And if I could be honest with you, I learned a little bit of that. And so... Really, what I'm saying is when I got kicked out of the game the other day in Woodville, it was his fault. (laughs) Listen, so what I learned, what I learned some is when I get mad, I I go a little bit nuts. And can I be honest? My kids have seen that. And my kids have had some of that influence on them. And I, you know what I've been doing? Lord, get it off of me. Get it off of them. Shut the door. 
so what happens is they learn things from us that influence them in the route. That is a generational curse. And y'all, we got we to gotta shut that. We cannot afford to influence our kids and our family with junk. We have got to slam the door on that stuff and help them to slam the door on their lives too. <laughs> you know why we have such a hard time slamming the door on generational curses? Here's why. Well, that's just who I am. That's what we say. I got that. I, I got this alcohol addiction. That's just who I am. Well, that's just how I get when I get mad. Can, can I battle that real quick? Okay, let me give you a scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life is just begun. That's just who I am. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. You chose that. Listen, the Bible says when I go down in the water, when I get baptized, that I, just like Jesus, am resurrected up from life. And no longer is that man in me. He gone. So stop saying that's just who I am. No, it ain't. You're choosing that. That is not your identity. My identity is in Christ. Anger is no longer a part of who I am. Does that mean I don't struggle with it? No. I get tempted with it every day. But now I beat it 99 out of 100 times. It's no longer a part of who I am. Today, we have got to slam the door on those parts of our life. Number three. We, we, we have a hard time getting rid of sin. We have a hard time getting rid of generational curses. Y'all, this one, we have a hard time getting rid of soul ties. Now, now I, I want you to stay with me. Some of you are like, soul tie, I don't know what you're talking about. Let me help you out. Let me, let me show you some, a biblical uh, reference to soul ties. In um, 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 1, it says, Now, when he had finished speaking to Saul... The soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. What happened? What happened was they were so close of friends that their souls got knit together. You, you ever have that friend like, I'm ride or die with them? Anybody? I had that friend growing up. Like, if, if he would ask me to go break in somewhere or whatever, you know, whatever, I, if he's doing it, I'm doing it. We ride or die. Sometimes we connect friendships, relationships with people before we get saved. And the issue is, after I get saved, I am a new man. That old man has passed away. But what happens is we want to be the new man and hang on to some old things. Let me share with you how some soul ties are put together. Now stay with me. Y'all, this is deep, I know, but it's good. What we're doing is we're doing a deep cleanse. Okay, soul ties can be, can be formed through sexual relations. This is why I try so stinking hard when I'm speaking to youth, when I'm talking to youth, young adults, people that have, have been pure, don't have sex before you're married. Is it really that big of a deal? Yes, it is that big of a deal. 
You know why it's that big of a deal? In our culture, we view, we, we, view, we view sex as like, it's just some physical thing. Sex is not just some physical thing. The Bible says that when you come with someone, you are now one. You are with them in body and in spirit. Your soul is tied to their soul. The Bible goes on to say, listen to this, this is nasty. It says, 1 Corinthians 6, 16. If a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one with her body. For the scripture says the two are united into one. What is it saying? Don't do it because your spirit and your soul is tied to them. Listen, some of us have, have soul ties. Some of us have soul ties from our past that we have not given up. Now, I, I ain't saying that we, we haven't repented. We haven't. I'm saying that we still in our mind have issues. When we see them, we have thoughts. And what happens is we, we open that door back for that soul tie to come back into my life. And listen to me, if you have sex with somebody, you have got to repent from that. You've got to forgive that person if they hurt you and you've got to move on. Number two, close relationships opens up soul ties. David and Jonathan is a great example. When I got saved, y'all, I had two friends, my best friends, they were Jay and Ray. And um, me and Jay, I would give you their last names, but they were from here and I'm not doing that. Uh, and so me and Jay and Ray were nuts. When I say nuts, if you think I'm crazy now, just think Josh before Jesus. Uh, I, we was out there. And uh, I remember I was 19 years old when I gave my life to Jesus and, and we did lots of bad things, smoked lots of things and lots of things. And um, when I... When I gave my life to Jesus, I knew my biggest struggle was going to be Jay and Ray because I loved Jay and Ray. And can I tell you the hardest thing that I did was right after I got saved, it was about two days after I got saved, I asked Jay and Ray to come to my house. And I said to them, I'm going on a different direction with my life. I will invite you to go with me or I can no longer be friends with you. Listen, y'all, that is not easy. But can I, can I be real with you? I would not have made it if I have not cut those relationships off. Because I would have been drawn back into the life that I was living before. Listen, the, the relationship, some of you today, you have been trying so stinking hard to follow Jesus and you're coming down and you're repenting and you're loving on the Lord and you're raising your hands and you're hanging out with people that are killing you. As hard as it is, Sometimes until I can become strong in Jesus, I have to slam the door on relationships. Number three. Number three. We open up doors to soul ties from covenants that we make, commitments that we make, promises that we make that are out of God's will for our life. Let me give you an example of a good soul tie and a bad soul tie. A good soul tie is the marriage covenant. If I make a marriage covenant, that's between me, my wife, and God. That is, that is a soul tie, and it's a beautiful one. That's one you want to hold on to. A good soul tie is when I develop a relationship with a brother in Christ that is helping build me into the man that God has helped me become. Somebody say amen. 
But there are also bad soul ties. Gang affiliation, covenants that I make, secret orders or secret things. Or th Listen, if, if I'm making covenants that are out of the will of God after I become a believer, I'm actually putting that before I am God. And that's got to be broken off of me. I, I've got to, So let me give you some steps. Hey, hey, let me give you some encouragement, too, because that's a lot of bad. Can, can I give you some encouragement? There's also generational blessings. There's generational blessings. You know how you get generational blessings? You influence your babies the good way. Paul, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And as you follow me, you're going to get more Jesus and more Jesus and more Jesus. What am I doing? I'm blessing my family by my actions. Somebody say, it's up to me. How do I break off soul ties? In my life, it was as simple as me saying, I understand that I cannot have those relationships and walk with Jesus. And I got to move on. Here's, here's a four-step process. Repent for sins that you've committed that have developed soul ties, sexual sins or whatever sins, repent of those sins, renounce any commitments or, or vows made, forgive people that have hurt you, that you have had soul ties with, and break the tie. Break it, be done with it, move on. So you can see y'all, there are little parts, just as there were little parts of the refrigerator that were hidden, that we can't see. So many times there are little parts of our lives that we have hidden. I'm praying that as I'm talking to you about sin, as I'm talking to you about generational curses and blessing, as I'm talking to you about soul ties, that God is revealing things that you have had in you that cannot be there anymore if you're gonna move forward. Today is the day to slam the door. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay, now that is what I wanted to talk to you about, but I felt like that God wanted me to go deeper. I wanted to talk about deliverance. Here's what deliverance is. Deliverance is simple, y'all. Deliverance is when God, through the Holy Spirit or through a person, reveals the work of the enemy in your life, and you decide, I'm done, I repent, I change my mind, I'm moving forward, I'm delivered, and I'm going in the right way. That is deliverance, okay? Sometimes you need people to help you. Nathan came to David, and he said, I want to tell you a story. In this story, David says, I, uh, I, I don't remember what he said. So I think that man needs to be killed or something like that. And Nathan said, you are that man. It was revealed to him where the enemy worked, the, the, the bond that he had, the thing that needed. And he repented and he moved forward. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just does it. God's been revealing things to me. Josh, you can't have that and you can't have that. Not if you want to keep moving forward. If you want to stay where you're at, just hold on to it. If you want to move backwards, just hold on to it. But if you want to move forward, you're going to have to get those things out of your life. <laughs> so, listen, after we empty ourselves completely, after we, after we are clean, it is so, so, so important to fill your life with good things. From now on, what you put inside your life is so very important. Now, we got the fridge. The fridge is empty. And we're going to talk about why this is so important in just a minute. But we're going to fill it with good things. How many of y'all like orange juice? Mm. Orange juice is a good thing. You know why? Because it ain't nasty like milk, so it don't leak everywhere. Okay, we got some water. Ranch dressing? 
Listen, if you're going to have broccoli, you need some ranch dressing. So we're going to put some ranch dressing in there. Okay, how about this? Lactose-free milk. What do you mean? Oh, I'm lactose. Chill out. Real milk is an enemy to the body and the fridge. All right, so we got some water. We got some mustard. We got some ketchup, cucumbers. Yeah, squash. This is all good things. How about pie? Anybody like some pie? Pie is a good thing. Celebration day. We give some pie. Okay, so what you got to do is you got to fill your fridge with things that are good. All these things is good for my body, especially the pie. <laughs> so we're filling the fridge with things that are good. You know why? Because we don't want the bad things to come in. It's clean. It's ready. We've checked all the spots. We've been delivered. We've been set free. And now we walking in what God has for our lives. Okay. Now, I want to talk to you for just a minute about why that's important for your life. Let me give you a scripture. Here's what the scripture says. Luke 11, 24 through 26. It says, when an evil spirit leaves a person and goes into the desert searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds that its former home is all swept, it's clean, it's in order, it's been delivered. And then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they all enter the person and live there. And so the person is worse off than before. Everybody say, wow. Okay. You can't just get clean. You have got to fill yourself with the right things. You know why? So there is no area or room anymore for the enemy to be able to come in. Now, this has been all over me. This has been, I, I wasn't even going to preach this piece. God's been dealing with, with me with this for about a week and a half. You have, you can't just, it's actually worse for you to get delivered and not walk in what God has for you, not read the Bible and not learn the scriptures and not listen to the Holy Spirit. It is worse off for you to get delivered and then allow them to come back sevenfold with seven more powerful spirits than it is. It is so important if you get delivered and you're walking free and you're moving forward, what happens next? That is why I asked you this last week. Don't do anything secular. Don't listen to any secular music. Don't watch any secular TV. Watch The Chosen. Listen to preaching. Listen to worship music. How many of y'all would say that that has been influencing you in a good way? Listen, I am so much more spiritually minded. I wake up in the middle of the night speaking in tongues. I'm not playing. I woke up two, two or three times at 3 a.m. I'm speaking in tongues, and then I wake up. I'm like, oh, snap. And I start praying for my family. God, I'm praying protection of my family, my church family, and all the, all the things. Listen, that is so important. If you get delivered today, and you get yourself set free, and then you go back and continue to do the same things you were doing, it was no good. So I got four more points real quick. Number one, you got to fill yourself with the Word of God. If you don't have a Bible, I got a Bible. If we run out of Bibles, I'll buy more Bibles. There's Bibles on the altar. Do not leave today without a Bible if you ain't got a Bible. Fill yourself with the Word of God. As you read the Word of God, start this week. You never read the Word. Let me help you. Start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Go there. Hey, listen. You can't go wrong with the teachings of Jesus. And then after that, just go right on. Do Acts. uh, Read everything the Apostle Paul wrote. Man, it's it's beautiful. What does that do? It is developing you. And the best thing that you can do is as you are reading the word and God reveals something that's good for your life, go on and mark that one and memorize it. You know what he's doing? He's preparing you. 
I'm speaking to you on this one. You need to deal with this one. Go ahead and memorize that. So when the Satan, when the enemy comes, you can just spit it at him. You can shoot it at him. So open up your word. Don't just let it sit. Open up your word. Begin to dig. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, all of those. Good stuff. Okay, so fill yourself with the word. Number two. This one's hard. Permanently stop feeling yourself with things that are bad. During this month, the Lord has revealed to me some of the shows that I watched before this month, I don't get to go back and finish. Even though I want to. My flesh wants to finish it. Yeah, I have a really hard time starting something and not finishing it. So there's this temptation that's going on inside of me that I really want to go finish it, but I'm not going to. You know why? Because the Lord revealed to me, if you want to move forward, don't do that. I believe God's doing that right now. And some of you, he's saying, if you want to move forward, you're going to have to stop that. Permanently stop feeling yourself with things that are bad for you. Number three, I love this. Armor up with the armor of God. Listen, it would be really good for you to just memorize Ephesians 6, 10 through 19. Here's what it helps you to do. And, and I love it. I got two pictures this week where somebody got on there. Y'all know I gave out the armor of God on the altars a couple weeks ago. They got them like when, when you go to your mirror at the bathroom, like it's sitting right there. And they said, when we get up in the mornings, we pray that baby on our life. I'm like, yeah, baby. Like, that's what I'm talking about. I'll print a billion of them if people will do that. But listen to me. Here's what that does. When I get up and I armor myself, what I say is, Lord, Father, I pray that you would help me to put the helmet of salvation over my mind so that my mind can be protected. The Lord, can, the, the Satan cannot deceive me. He cannot come against my mind. He cannot come at my mind. Help me, Father, to protect my mind with the helmet of salvation. Father, I pray I take the breastplate of righteousness and I cover my heart because Satan wants to attack my heart. He wants to deceive my heart. He wants my heart. The, the Bible says my heart is the most deceitful part of my body. Help me to, to walk in what I need to walk in. God, I pray that you would help me to tighten my waist with the belt of truth. Help me to walk in truth. Help me to speak in truth. Help me to do everything that I do in truth. Lord, help me to get my feet prepared with the gospel of, of peace. Lord, as fear tries to creep up, as anxiety tries to creep up, as Satan tries to creep up, help me to walk in peace because I am protected and I am covered. Lord, help me to take that shield of faith. Help me to stand on my faith. Everything in our world is attacking my faith. And help me to just protect my faith with my shield of faith. That I know what the truth and the truth will set me free. And I'm going to walk in the truth. Lord, help me to take that sword of the spirit and memorize the word of God. So that when Satan is attacking, I can fight right back. Listen, it is so good for you to armor up. Because it gets your mind where your mind wants to be. And then you begin to see the attacks coming at you. If you don't get ready, you don't see them coming and you fall. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, get ready. All right, number four, last one. Abide in him. Here's what abide means. We sang this song a while ago. Abide means to remain in something. John chapter 15 and verse 4, it says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. The Lord's been speaking this to my spirit for a long time now, for about three and a half to four months. Back in October, y'all, 
Some of y'all are going to think I'm crazy. <clears throat> Back in October, we were in a prayer meeting. And um, during the prayer meeting, Paul, Paul Nolan, was praying. And he begins to pray uh, something, something, abide in me, abide in me. God, help us to abide in you. And as he begins to pray, y'all are going to think I'm crazy. The Lord began to sing to me. And uh, he began to sing to me. And here's what he sang. He sang, I am the vine, and you're just a branch. And you receive all that you are through me. Those seasons come, storm after storm. Come abide in me. I'll give strength. I'll make you whole. I'll prune off of you things you do not need. He began to sing this to me. And I just sat down and just began to cry and just began to write. Y'all, some of y'all was in the prayer meeting, you remember, in the prayer meeting, I just began to write this song down. Then I said, dang, y'all, he's just sang to me a song. I, got, I actually got a message and a song, both in that prayer meeting. And so as I began to let that permeate in my spirit, I just began to flip it. You are the vine. I'm just the branch. I receive all that I am in you. I begin to write that. And, uh, and so I flipped it and I wrote this song and I began to sing this song to the Lord in the mornings uh, in my prayer time. And then I just kind of shoved it in my desk and early, no, it was late, late December. I was early morning, it was about 6 a.m. and I began typing and I was trying to work on my message and I felt like the Lord said, hey, I want you to finish that song. And I thought, oh, I don't have time to finish the song. And I tried to work on the message and it didn't work. And so I just pulled the song back out and started to work on the song. And sure enough, 30 minutes later, I get this song wrote. And uh, so, y'all, the most nervous I've ever been in my entire life was going to sing a song in front of Brian Toole. I was like, hey, Brian, uh, <coughs> I wrote this song. And he was like, what? And I was like, uh, I mean, I, I wrote this song. It probably sucks. I don't know. But um, can we maybe go somewhere where it's just us two and, and I'll sing you this song? And he was like, yeah, that sounds cool. So we, we come in the band room over here and I sing him this song. And uh, as I sing it to him, he begins to strum on the guitar. And I was like, oh, my God, that's beautiful. And uh, so he says, well, hey, can you just, just give me the song? So he gives me the song. And he, him and Andrew and Dalen write what you heard this morning from the song, I'll abide or abide in me or whatever it's called. Uh, but listen, this, this, is, this is why this is so important, okay? God has been speaking this to me. And I believe he's been speaking it to me because it's for you. Amen. And here's what he's saying. You cannot remain in the things from your past life. You cannot abide in, you cannot remain in darkness and expect to move in light. You gotta remain in me, you gotta abide in me, you gotta walk with me. And so this morning, I'm gonna ask you to stand. <coughs> and here's what we're gonna do. Worship team, would you guys come join me on the stage? If you are helping me with the doors, would you guys go ahead and, and begin to move those in the right places? Listen, let me speak to you real quickly. I believe that God is about to do some supernatural things in this place. I really do believe that. And here's, what I, here's, what, here's what's about to happen, okay? I have been giving you guys these sheets. And what this says is spring cleaning, areas that I have opened doors to the enemy that I will be shutting today, right now. I'm done. That's what I'm saying. I'm done. No more. If you don't have a sheet and you want to use a piece of paper that you got, grab a piece of paper that you got. If you want a sheet, there's sheets up on the altar. Hey, guys, don't let that stop you. Stay with me. Okay, listen to me. Um, here's what we're going to do. 
I think this is gonna be so powerful if you will allow it to. I'm praying and believing that God's about to deliver some people this morning. Now, here's what we're gonna do. You got these sheets. In just a minute, we're gonna slam the door to the enemy. In just a minute, we're gonna be done and delivered from the enemy. Altar team, would you step out and come right now? Hey, can we move the door just a little bit further so that we can have place for all of the altar team to, to come up? Yeah, a little bit further towards the aisle. Perfect. Okay, listen. Here's what we're about to do. I'm starting us, because I already know. God's already revealed to me. You know what Josh is getting rid of? Here we go. Josh is getting rid of my stupid actions when I'm angry. Josh is getting rid of my bitterness towards people from this past year. Josh is getting rid of watching shows that go against what I believe and against what I know to be true. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going to do that again. I'm slamming the door. These things are no longer a part of me. They're no longer in my life. I'm done. Today, I'm believing God has been revealing things to you that you should not be walking in. And in just a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to slam the door on those things. So here's what's going to happen. In just a second, I'm going to go right around there. I'm going to rip this up. I'm going to drop it on that side of the door. I'm coming through without these things, and I'm slamming that door. And then if you need prayer, I just encourage you, come and get the prayer. They would love to pray for you. They are trained. They are ready. They are anointed. They are full of the Holy Spirit. They will empower you. Come get the prayer that you need. If we're going to sing this song, I'll abide. If you want to come find a place where you just want to get alone with Jesus and abide in Him, I encourage you to do that. But don't walk out of this room remaining in what you used to remain in. Get rid of it and make a covenant from here on out. I'm remaining. I'm abiding in what He has for me. Heavenly Father, I pray right now as we get prepared. Father, that we, as we get ready to slam the door on the enemy, I pray in the name of Jesus that your anointing would move, that your Holy Spirit would empower us. Father, that you would help us, God, to leave the things on this side of the door. And when we slam this door, they are no longer a part of our lives or who we are. God, I pray that you would reveal things to people right now and help us to drop them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Come on, if you want to come, step out and come.